this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, we are still in our, our series on the name of Jesus. And I, I tell you, I'm fired up about this. This stuff will stir you up tonight. Let's turn to the book of Exodus, just, just right there to your left. Genesis and Exodus chapter 20. Now, just setting the ground floor again here a little bit. The disciples of Jesus, they got a revelation of Jesus. And part of the way they got a revelation of Jesus is they did life with Jesus for three years. And for us, it's, it's one thing to know about Jesus. It's another thing to know Jesus. Two, two totally different things. The disciples knew Jesus. They knew Jesus so well that they believed with all their heart when they prayed in his name or commanded in his name, things were going to happen. I believe that's the same for me and you. And we've looked at different scripture that the Lord brought us to that says, man, I've given you authority. Mark 16 especially, I've deputized you. But there are some areas of our life that we can hinder the name of Jesus. Exodus 20, verse 7. Now this is in the Ten Commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. So when you look at this, what he's talking about is don't misuse his name because his name and his character are inseparable. So when we begin to look at this here, in in one of the cross-reference that he gives us is is Leviticus 19.12, and it says, don't swear by the Lord's name falsely. That word swear right there means don't shame his name in any way or don't use his name carelessly or casually. Now, listen real close to what the word vain means. It means useless. It means, when I use his name, bearing no fruit, foolish, irreverent. And many times the only way we thought that you could use the Lord's name in vain was to take his name with a curse word. But you see right here that me and you can use his name foolishly, lightly, or frivolously. Now let me give you some examples about how you've probably done it and I know I've done it. Anytime we get some information that may be surprising or shocking in our life, how many of you would say something like, Oh my God. Now the big thing is OMG. It's the same thing. How many of you, when you've gotten shocking news, have you ever said, For Christ's sake, or Jesus Christ. See, it's very easy to get over and use his name lightly. And I tell you, we can't do those things. I had a grandma before she died. She wasn't always in her right frame of mind. And, you know, you could ask her something just like this. Grandma, would you like another cup of coffee? And she'd say, God, no. Well, we begin to use that as a joke. Until the Lord dealt with me and said, don't mess around with my name that way. Don't use it carelessly. 
Because right here, I believe this is part of the way that, that not only we use it in vain, but it hindrances the name of Jesus. It hindrances from having the power that he desired for us to have. Go with me to the book of Isaiah 52, and I want to show you a little bit more of this. So what are we saying? Don't, don't use false affirmations to describe the Lord's name. Because the way I speak the Lord's name conveys how I really feel about him. Isaiah 54. Verse number, or Isaiah 52, excuse me, verse 4. Isaiah 52, 4. For thus says the Lord God, My people went down at first into Egypt to dwell or live there. Then the Assyrians oppressed them without cause or reason. Now therefore, what have I here, or what is this, says the Lord, that my people are taken away for nothing. Those who rule over them make them well, says the Lord, and my name is blasphemed. My reputation is darkened. Now he's addressing these Assyrians or non-believers, and he talks about them blaspheming his name. Listen to some of the definitions of how the word blaspheme is used. It's used in evil, to defame, to slander, to mock, and to disrespect. Now, in that passage right there, he addresses unbelievers how they blaspheme his name. But you know what? If we're not careful as even believers, we can blaspheme his name. Keep reading what he says here. Verse 6. Therefore, my people shall know my name. They shall know my name. And, and when we call on the name of the Lord, I believe it ought to be with great reverence. Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai, the God who was and is and is to come. With great honor. And he said, so they will know my name. Therefore, they shall know it in that day that I am he who speaks Behold, it is I. So his name is to be respected and, and reverenced. And I believe this, the church as a whole, we need to learn to emphasize reverence toward the name of Jesus. But listen real close to me. I believe we need to emphasize to our children to reverence the house of God. Man, I was brought up, you didn't mess around in the house of God. And a lot of times, you know, your parents taught you that way with fear. You do that in church, God's going to strike you with lightning. He's not going to strike you with lightning, but it ought to be in our... How many ever had parents say that? I mean, my dad, he had to do that stuff to us all the time. But I think it's important that we teach our children, reverence God and reverence the house of God. And the only way they're going to get that is for you to teach them. Now, let's go into the book of Ephesians a little bit, chapter 1 again. We were there a few weeks ago. Ephesians 1, and as you're turning there, I want you to think about this just a little bit in, in using the name of Jesus or the Lord's name. If you take a positive and a negative, you're always going to end at zero. Positive, negative equals zero. Well, it's the same, I believe, with the Lord's name. That, that if I take the Lord's name serious, and then I take the Lord's name frivolous, and I take the Lord's name with great honor and great power, and then I take the Lord's name lightly, 
How do you know when you're serious? We go back and forth. And so this is part of what we're talking about here. Let's honor that name. Ephesians 1, verse number 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? That's the key. Everything we do as New Testament believers, you're going to have to learn to do it by faith. You're going to have to believe that when you obey the word of God, you speak the name of Jesus. You're going to have to step out by faith. Everything in the New Testament, that's the only way that happens. Actually, in Hebrews 11, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. This is what he's getting over to. And he said, so you're going to have to believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked or exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Now, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The reason Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places, his job is finished. Remember on the cross, he said, Father, it is finished. I've done everything I'm going to do. And so when Jesus ascended or descended out of this earth into heaven, he said, I give you the keys. That's Matthew 16, 18 and 19. You'll find that. So he gave us authority with everything that he had. And otherwise, you as a believer, you've been deputized. I have. Yeah, you have. Keep reading. Which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age which is to come. So when he tells us this, this list that he talks about in verse 24, the majority of those are demonic forces or the fallen angels. And because of conquest, Jesus said, my name is above every one of them. Now, I'm, I'm not here to put you on a witch hunt to get crazy or goofy, but understand this. There is a devil and there are demons that their assignment is to wreak havoc on your life. Actually, John 10, 10 says they want to kill, steal, and destroy. We have authority over them, not because of us, but because of Jesus. So he goes on to say in verse 22, And he, Jesus, put, or God, put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church or for the church. Now, we have authority in Jesus' name. Jesus' name is not some magical, polywana cracker, rabbit foot, knock on wood. No, the name of Jesus is something that's to be reverent. But when you speak that name in faith, understand this. Every one of these yahoos, these fallen angels that he talked about in verse 21, they understand clearly the name of Jesus. The devil's goal is to make sure you don't understand his name. Turn over just a couple pages to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren. In conclusion, my brethren. Believers. Ones that are born again. Me and you, okay? Now, let's get a hold of this right here. 
Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from the Lord. And in the power of His might. So the way I stay strong is through the Lord. And I operate by His power. Not by mine, but by His. Now, if you're born again, you can and you should. This is a, a right as a believer, as a Christian, that every one of us ought to get a hold of. See, the only place the devil can dominate or control a person is when they allow him to. Verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the tricks, the ambushes of the devil. Now, there's a couple questions in there you got to ask yourself and then answer them. Who did he say was to put on the whole armor of God? You. And who did he say would have to stand against the tricks of the devil? You. But every one of us in here need to understand that I'm no match to the devil. Except when I use the name of Jesus. That's where I learned to become strong in the Lord and I put on the whole arm of God and I learned to, to, to speak the name and use the name. Now there's two reasons I believe personally the, reason, or the, the devil dominates us as believers. Is number one is you don't know what the Bible says pertaining to this. In other words, you have no knowledge. Number two you don't exercise the authority that God's given you. In my own life, has that happened? Yeah. I remember times in my life stuff would start happening. And man, I would put up with it and put up with it. And, and there would be days I'd cry out to the Lord. And the Lord said, don't put up with him doing that to you. Use the name of Jesus on him. Bind him up in the name of Jesus. Quit letting him run roughshod over you. Begin to put a stop to what he's trying to do in your life. Now, go a little bit further, and I'm going to highlight the end of verse 11 and verse 12 again. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, human beings, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. If you'll note at the end of the, the verse 11... Who did he say that we would have to stand up against? The devil. Verse 12 was addressed to all or about all the fallen angels. So if you look at verses 11 and 12, there is no mention in there one time that our fight or our battle is against other people. It's not. But see, the devil wants us to do that. He wants me and Raul to get mad at each other and, and just tear each other up and gossip and lie about each other. And you know what he does? He sits up there drinking some sorry coffee and he said, man, this is great. They're doing my job for me. So here's what I begin to see even for tonight concerning verses 11 and 12. Instead of going after people that are causing problems, and hurt and pain in your life? Start binding up the demons that are behind that. See, so many times in our life, man, we go after people instead of just binding up the devil. 
And if you work around people that are always causing strife and division, bind that up. How do I bind that up? You speak in the name of Jesus to that, and you tell that demon, while I'm around here, you're not going to manifest. You're not going to do that in the name of Jesus. Pastor, have you ever done that? Oh, yeah, I do that. I've done it on airplanes. I've seen people that have been stupid on airplanes, and I've just said under my breath, in the name of Jesus, you're not going to do that while I'm on this plane, devil. Now, it's, it's aimed toward a person, but it's really not the person. It's that devil behind it. People yield to that. Look at the end here of verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, and the word withstand is a verb that says to vigorously oppose him. In other words, you're not going to be able to tap the devil on the wrist and say, knock it off. But you don't have to get crazy. You don't have to fall on the floor and roll it. Just in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I've seen people go stupid on that stuff. You don't have to. If you go back and look at Jesus' life, any time that he dealt with the devil, he would just confront it in the name. And I mean, he, and he'd go. He didn't do anything stupid. Now, as I began to look at this, I, I got to the, the place in my life where I thought, there comes a time when every one of us have to develop our faith in the name of Jesus. How do I do that? Man, I start reading the scriptures. And I start letting the, the word of God paint a picture on the inside of me. Then the key is James 1. What's James 1 say? Be doers of the word and not, and not hearers only. I got to start getting out by faith, and I got to start using that name. So as I'm reading this, I, I begin to, to sense the Lord saying this, that he said, ask them tonight, those ones that are here on Wednesday night. You don't have to raise your hands. How many of you in this room feel like there's, there's some form of demonic activity in your home? How many of you could, could say, man, there's, there's times in my house, in our, in our home, I felt like my home was haunted. Now, I'm not being stupid here. I'm just asking you questions that God put on my heart. Here's the deal with that stuff. Quit putting up with it. Quit putting up with it. When, when the spirit of fear shows up in your house, begin to speak to it in the name of Jesus. How do I know that fear is a spirit? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God didn't give me the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear, so fear is a spirit. He said, but of love and power and the soundness of mind. So in our lives, when fear starts showing up and your little boy or girl gets up in the middle of the night and says, I'm scared, don't tell him to go put his head under the sheets. Speak in the name of Jesus and say, no. Get up and address it. Now, let me tell you a couple stories. And I love to, give, to, to be able to give you real-life stories in my own life. Several years back, my grandma had died. And she lived out in, in a little town in Oklahoma, uh, about two miles out of the city. Where she lived, when you would go out at night, I mean, it was dark. Just the sky. I mean, she was out there in the middle. It was an eerie place. Well, my grandma lived by herself for years and years and years and years. And, and we look back at it now, there was a spirit of fear in her house. So we go back to her house, and me and my brother are going to go. This is after she's passed away. We're going back into her house because we've been told there's a lot of pictures that are left in there in a chest. 
So we said, we're going to go see it. So we see my uncle who lives there, and he says to us, there ain't no way I'd go in that house. And I said, why? And he said, that house is haunted. He said, there's some crazy stuff that goes on in there. So me and my brother thought, well, we're up for this. We go walking in there, and we're looking through this chest. And I remember this sound of this door upstairs in her house as a child. It went out to her balcony. And the reason I remember it so clearly, that any time you would hear it open and it would bang, my dad would say, get up there and lock that door. We're down there in that chest, and all of a sudden, I hear that balcony door open and bang, bang, bang. And so I said to my brother, I said, Someone must have left that door open. I'm going to go up there and close it. So I go up the stairs, and, and this, this is the gospel truth. I start going up those stairs, and every hair on me starts standing up. I mean, it, it was so real and so thick. So you get to the top of the stairs. There's a bedroom this way, and there's one back this way. And I'm on this little island, and I go back because I know it's that balcony door. I come around that corner, and I look. The balcony door's closed. The balcony door's locked. And I'm thinking, Lord, I, I know we heard it. My brother heard it too. So I turn around and I start going back down the stairs. I don't get halfway down those stairs and bang, bang, bang. And I hear it again. So I look, it's, it's still closed. So I go down and, and, and my brother, he said, did you lock it? And I said, I didn't have to lock it. Tell him what's going on. So a few minutes later, we hear it again. He walks back up there, and the same thing that I experienced. And so he's at the top of the stairs, and I'm down there at the bottom looking up at him like, I told you so. And right then he looked at me and he said, he ain't running me out of here. And he said, in the name of Jesus, I bind you up, you spirit of fear. You might have tormented my ground. You won't torment us in the name. And, and you can ask him, you guys are at the Men of Iron, you ask him this this year, next year, he'll tell you this, that on the top of that stair, it was almost like you could see wind, his hair was blowing, and he could sense it all. Now here's the point in all that. You, you go at the devil in, in, in the name of Jesus, and every hair on you may stand up, but you keep going at him, in the, and you start speaking the name, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus. They're like you're shooting a gun. Just speak that name and keep speaking that name because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the goal is, is he wants to cause you to, to buckle. He wants you to stop. And I can tell you story after story of this, this stuff. My brother was telling me just recently that he, he had a lady in his church and I'm, I'm just going to tell you what he said that this woman was raised Catholic. And she said, Pastor, she said, I have these candles in my living room. And she said, every time I light them at night, when I get up the next morning, they're knocked over. And she said, I have a seven-year-old son and a nine-year-old son. And she said, they tell me they've seen these, these, these demons. She said, they have seen them with their physical eye. And she said, I don't know what to do. Do you have any clue? And he said, oh, yeah. And so he began to show her biblically the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not telling you guys.